Because yet, family, I'm speaking to those people that have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I know that there are also, especially our online community and people here, that have not gotten to that place yet. But family, this is what I am saying. I am saying that when you give your life to the King, to the Savior, it means that something in you starts to change. If there is no change, there is no power. If there is no change, you are staying with the world. You are standing in two realms. And the Lord makes it very clear. Whoever is a friend to the world is not a friend of God. Are you with me, family? Now, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Because we all fall into sin. We all do. Okay, family, we're going to go to our next point. I've given you the problem, which is sin, that was introduced by the disobedience of Adam into this universe. And now, why he had to come. That's what we're going to look at. Why? Why he had to come. So the first verse I want to look at here is Luke chapter 24, verse 44. So Luke chapter 24, verse 44. And he said unto them. Now this is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking. He's speaking to the religious leaders of that time, which is the Pharisees. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spoke unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Now, family, you hear this. This is very important. When he says, Written in the law of Moses, that's the, five, that's the first five books of the Bible that you have in your hands. When we read about the prophets, these are the prophets that you read of. Amos, Ezekiel, Isaiah, Obadiah, all of these prophets. And then, of course, we speak of the Psalms. Now, the Psalms refers to the writings, which is in the Old Testament. So, family, in this one statement... The Lord said that the entire scripture, the entire Old Testament, revolves around him. It revolves around him. Now, family, this is something you must understand. For someone to be what Jesus is, a substitute for you and me, it meant that someone had to be on this planet and live a human life. Okay? A human life. And then adhere to every single aspect of the law of God. Every aspect of the law of God. Now the scripture states that Jesus was sinless on this planet. Do you know what that means? It means that those ten commandments which you, when you get to the Exodus, you, you just quickly read by and just jump to the next chapter. Because what the Ten Commandments does is it condemns you. Why does it condemn you? What is the function of the Ten Commandments? It is to show sin in your life. That's what it does. Oh, yes, family. That's what it does. Are you still with me, family? 
Can I get an amen? The Ten Commandments shows the sin that you have in your life. That is its function. That is what it does. It means that the Lord Jesus Christ in his earthly ministry as a person like you and me had to adhere to every commandment what the Lord had spoken in its fullest. There was not one percent of the law that Jesus did not keep. Are you with me? Now, to be a substitute for you and me, he had to live a perfect life, a sinless life, which he has done. But there is only one way that the Lord forgives sin within the old covenant, and that is through blood. It's through blood. You know what I'm talking about, the offerings. So he became an offering for you and me. A perfect offering without blemish. Because the offerings of animals was not sufficient for the forgiveness of sin. But there was one offering that was. One offering that was, was the Son of Man. God himself that had to come down Live as a person, the Word made flesh, and he had to spill his blood. Yes, for the forgiveness of sins. Are you with me, family? This is what the Old Testament speaks of. That one had to come. Moses speaks of it himself. He says, one will come that is greater than I. Same with John the Baptist. He says the exact same words. One will come that is greater than I. And I am not even worthy to untie his sandals. This is what John states. And the Lord came as a substitute for you and for me. So let's read 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You can go to the, to the next slide. There we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 to 4. That's what, that's what we're going to read. And the word of God reads, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received and wherein ye stand. By which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. Now this is the, the apostle speaking to the church in Corinth. And he is speaking to them in this regard, and he's saying that I have preached the gospel unto you. What does gospel mean? It means good news. It means what I have just said. That once you were a sinner, and the Lord came, and through his perfect life on, that, on this planet, he had to die on that cross for you and for me. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day 
according to the scriptures. Family, do you know that the Bible states that if Jesus has not risen from the dead, you and my faith is dead. It means nothing. Because it didn't stop at the cross. It didn't stop at the cross. At the cross, at that very moment where the Lord is hanging on that cross, there's a point where he yells out to the Father because he he can't see him, he can't feel him. What's happening at that very moment? Your sin and my sin is on his, his shoulders. It creates a blanket between him and the Father. Yes, family. This is something we can never ever try to even understand God being separated from God. Why? Because of us. Because of our sin. Because of our sin. But family, as the the apostle speaks, and he says that Christ died for you and my sin. He doesn't stop there. He says that on the third day, This Christ, this Jesus, raised from that tomb. He raised from that that tomb. And now where we are at this very moment, he is sitting at the right hand of God the Father. He is sitting there and constantly, constantly for you and me, interceding to the Father. Constantly, family. There's something that you have to understand. That when the Lord looks at you on the day of judgment, you and me sitting here as the individuals and peoples that we are, we do not deserve what the Lord has given us. Do you know that? We don't. We don't. But on the day of judgment, family, do you know what happens? Where those that has rejected the Lord Jesus Christ will stand alone. In front of the throne, you will not stand alone. He will look not towards you, but he looks to you through his son. And by what the son has done, you are clean. Yes. You will stand in front of the father without blemish. If you keep the race. And if you stand for your faith. Let's read Romans. Romans 5 verse 19. Romans chapter 5 verse 19. And the word reads, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners. Remember what I said about Adam? Through one man. So by the obedience, the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Are you hearing that, family? What does righteousness mean? Right standing with the Father, with God. Who is your righteousness? The Lord Jesus Christ. Are you with me, family? Don't get caught up in Christian cliches. You are not the righteousness of God. It is Him that is in you through Him that you are the righteousness of God. Are you with me, family? It's through him that you're the righteousness of God. I'll get that, I'll get that. It's through him that you are the righteousness of God. Thank you. 
I want to make that known. Because sometimes we put a lot of emphasis on how great we are. Yeah, but you don't understand. I went on an outreach. No, but you don't understand. I sow on a Sunday. Don't understand. I go visit the elderly. Do you know that there is nothing you can do that actually has bearing in front of the Father of Lights? Do you know that? When you stand in front of Him and you present what you have done, it gets burned up. It gets burned up in His glory. Are you with me? Oh, yes. Family, I want to make it known to you that it's not by your works that you are saved. It is not by your greatness that you are saved. It is by the right Christ that you are saved. By what He has done for you. It is very important to get to that fact. And I'm imploring I am making that call to you. I'm making that call to you because this is very serious. If you are at that point where you believed it is by your works that you are saved, I want to implore you, it is not. I want to give you that opportunity to repent and turn back to God. We will speak about that now. So let's read the last verse here, 1 John chapter 3 verse 8. 1 John chapter 3 verse 8. 1 John chapter 3 verse 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil. Are you hearing this, family? He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. That he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, family, are you hearing that? It's a very important and a very, very powerful verse, that. Does the cross give us a gold card to sin? By no means does it. Why? Because the cross does not cause you to be the same. It causes you to change. The cross is the power of God unto salvation. For most people, it looks like absolute garbage for the, for the world. They don't understand it. They see it as not wisdom, as stupidity. But it is the power of God unto salvation. The cross is there to change you. His actions are there to change you. And family, you know what I'm talking about. I told you. You know what sin I'm talking about in your life. You know. You know. I know. I know what sin I'm talking about in my own life. I know. But where we as people fail, it's the cross that carries us through. It's the cross that carries us through. The cross must change you, family. The life of Christ must change you. And now, we're going to move on to the very important point. One of the things that the Christian church is starting not to talk about these days 
is repentance of sin. What does repentance mean? It means a 180 degree turnaround. That's what it means. It means that you are going in this direction. But because of what the cross has done for you, because of what Christ has done for you, you now turn from your evil ways and you look towards Christ. You look towards the cross. You do not lean to your own understanding anymore, but you lean to God's understanding. This is what it means, family. So let's read Mark chapter 1 verse 15. Mark chapter 1 verse 15. And saying the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. Now this is Jesus speaking here. This is Jesus speaking here, and he is proclaiming his ministry on this planet. The kingdom of God. Teaching the kingdom of God. Proclaiming the kingdom of God. And what does he say right after that? Repent ye, and believe the gospel. Why? Because the gospel brings us to repentance. Family, that sin in your life, I don't know what it is. That pain in your life, I don't know what it is. You know what it is. But I'm here to tell you that if you turn to God, if you repent of your ways, repent of your ways, not continue in them, not just saying, oh, the Lord's going to forgive me and I'm just continuing sinning. That is not true repentance. That has never been true repentance. What repentance is, is the 180 degree turnaround. You trust God and you let go of your sin. You know what I'm talking about. You know that sin which you just, you repent, you repent, you repent, you repent, but you keep on turning back to that sin. You know what I'm talking about. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. Family, I'm here to say the kingdom of God is being preached. The kingdom of God has been fulfilled. Repent ye and turn to Christ. Acts chapter 2 verse 38. Acts chapter 2 verse 38. Now here, Peter is preaching. The apostle preacher is, is, is preaching to a crowd of people and now the people are asking him you are giving us this message what must we do next and he gives them this then peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of our lord jesus christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the holy spirit are you with me family are you hearing that what is the action that leads to the other actions. Repent and believe. This is important, family. This is important. I am preaching the gospel unto you. I am preaching the fact that God made himself a man to die on a cross for you, for me. That we should repent Turn to him and let go of our evil ways. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins 
and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Are you hearing that, family? Why? Because the moment that you repent and you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, what happens? He comes to visit you. You now become the walking temple. Are you with me, family? The walking temple of our Lord. And He indwells in you. He is in you. And because of that, your unrighteousness, your unrighteousness is now removed from you. Why? Because it's not me that live, but Christ that lives within me. Are you with me, family? These are important concepts to understand. It is not now you, because you die every day, but it is Christ that lives in you, through you. You become a walking letter, as Paul says. A walking letter for those around you. That is what you become. Acts, Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. Verses 30 to 31. Acts chapter 17, verses 30 to 31. The Lord reads, or the, the word of the Lord reads, <clears throat> and the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Are you hearing this, family? It's a command. Are you hearing that? This command is a daily occurrence. It's a daily occurrence. Because you have to repent and turn from your ways. Because he have appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he have ordained. So he is saying here, he is commanding you to repent, family. He's commanding you to repent. Why is he commanding you to repent? Because there will come a day of judgment. Family, listen to me. This is very important. I'm imploring you to please listen. There will come a day where God will judge you for what you have done. Either you stand in front of God or you stand with His Son. There's only those two options. There's nothing else. If you do not stand in front of of God and His Son is not with you. What are you judged by? Those Ten Commandments which we read. Why? Because it instructs you in holiness. It identifies sin. And God will show you your sin. But family, as I said, if the Lord is standing in right next to you, judgment happens. What happens? He becomes your advocate. He steps in front of you and says that this one, this person, Lisa, Marika, Chris, Alain, this one belongs to me. And I have paid the price of his sin. Yes, Lord. Romans chapter 5 verse 9. Romans Chapter 5, verse 9. Oh, yes, Lord, we're reading the Word today. We're reading the Word today. Yes, we're jumping, but we're reading the Word. Romans chapter 5, verse 9. 
much more than being now justified by his blood. We shall be saved from the wrath through him. From here's an important point that you need to understand. What are you saved from? You think it's hell. It's not hell. What are you saved from? You are saved from the wrath of God. Do you know that? You are saved from his wrath. You are saved from his wrath. Why? Because we deserve his wrath. We deserve it. But we are saved from it. Remember, hell represents one thing. The wrath of God. And the punishment that he gives towards Satan and those that follow Satan. That is what it is. But family, you and I, we that have chosen the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are saved from that wrath. And Jesus says that I have paid that price. Are you ready? Are you, are you faithful? And are you blessed by what the Lord has done for us? And family, our last point that we're going to look at. Our last point. Belonging to a new family in Christ. Because what happens? You have accepted the Lord Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. And what happens after that? You are now translated from the kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light. God's kingdom. You are now part of Jehovah's family. So let's read Romans chapter 8, verse 28 to 30. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 to 30. The word of God reads, And we know that all work together for good to them that love God. Do I have people in front of me that love God? All things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of his son. That he, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, Christ. Moreover, whom he did predestine, also called, and whom he called, that he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. So guess what, family? Even in your, even in your decision to make the Lord Jesus Christ Lord of your life, guess what? That wasn't you. That was the Father instructing you towards his Son. Do you know that? It's him, it, 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 there's a sort of a fragrance that he gives off that it just draws you towards his son. And who is his son? It's his word. Remember, it's a word that was made flesh. The father called you. He predestined you to be transformed. Conformed. To the image of his son. Remember what I said. That the gospel that is preached unto you. The power in the gospel. Is the power of God unto salvation. That you change. 
that you do not remain the same. The old has passed away. The old you are is dead. And the new person now lives. Now listen to this family. That that old person, he loves digging himself out that grave. And he loves wanting to come back up. To bring you back down. But family, this is where repentance comes in. And this is where you make the conscious decision not to follow your will, but the will of the Father. The will of the Father. John chapter 14. John chapter 14 verse 21. This is our second last verse. Our second last verse for today. John chapter 14 verse 21. And a very important one. He that hath my commandments. Now I'm sure that you have asked previously, family. How do I know? How do I know that I love God? I'm going to show you the verse that says it. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them. He it is that loves me. Yes, let that sink in. Let that sink in. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. How do you know that you love God? You keep his commandments. Will you stumble and fall? Yes, you will. But he is faithful, family. That when you come in before him and you repent and you ask for forgiveness of that sin that you have committed, He will forgive you. Remember, family, the Ten Commandments. The commandment that the Lord then said, what is the most important commandment? To love the Lord with everything that you have and love your neighbor as you love your... And what is the new commandment that the Lord has given us? A new commandment I give unto you, save the Lord. Love one another as I have loved... Mm. keep to his commandments yes it revolves around love but remember family six commandments out of the ten commandments revolves around the relationship that you and I have with one another six only four revolves around your relationship with God do you know that six family as I said does the Ten Commandments save you? By no means. But it does assist you, as Paul says. It helps you to identify sin in your life. Read those commandments. Do not be afraid. Remember what the Lord Jesus said. I did not come to destroy the commandments, but to fulfill the commandments. Yes, family. And our last verses for today. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 to 14. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who have delivered us from the power of dark and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So family, what I've just said in this hour, everything 
is summarized in what I've just read. He has taken you from a kingdom of darkness, translated you to the kingdom of his dear son. You walk in the saints in light and your sins are forgiven. Well, family, I want to make this very clear. You must repent. I am here to tell you to repent. Do not lean to your own understanding. Do not keep sinning. Do not keep doing that sin that you know is separating your time from the Lord. You know. You know that sin is causing you such fear in yourself and such doubt that you do not pray. That you do not pick up this book. You know what sin I'm talking about. Repent of that sin, family. Repent of that sin. Can I lead us in a prayer of repentance? May I do that, family? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand in regards to if you need repentance. Because we all need repentance in our lives. It's a command that the Lord gives us. So family, what I want to ask you is let's stand up and to show, to show that we all, we all stand in front of God and that we all come to repentance before Him. So family, let's, let's close our eyes. O oh, Father that is in heaven, we hallow thy name. Lord, we come before you. Not as people demanding anything. Because we know, Father, that we don't deserve anything. But Lord God, we thank you for this opportunity that we have. That we have your Son within our hearts. And Father, we come before you and we want to make it known that we have, we all have, we, we have that sin, Lord. You know, you know what sin it is. Because you know all things. You know what that sin is. You know that sin causes us a lot of pain. Lord, it can be someone that hurt us. It could be unforgiveness. Lord, it's, it's maybe something that we know that we have hurt someone else. Lord, it may be even so simple as to know that we've not spent enough time with you, Father God. But Lord God, we make it known. We here as believers, we make it known that we stand before thy throne, Lord God. In humility, bowing down before you, Lord. And we come before you and we say, forgive us, Father. We repent of our sin. We repent of that sin that is causing separation between you and me. Father, we pray that you give us the fear of the Lord within our hearts. Give us to us anew, afresh, that we walk in your word, in your will, in your anointing, Father God. Father, we make it known that sin, that then that's, that's, that's keeping us in bondage, we make it known before you, Lord God, that that sin has now lost its power in Jesus' name. Lord God, 
We want you to increase and we want to decrease. Father God, we want to decrease. Father, we want to make you number one in our lives. We want to destroy the sin by the power of your Son because we know it's by His instruction, by His Holy Spirit that we can walk in repentance. So Lord, forgive us. Forgive us our sin. We make it known, Father, that we repent. We do not walk this path of sin, but we repent and we turn and we walk towards the cross in what your Son has done for us. Father, we make this known and we give you all the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Father. Pastor Willie, can I can I do an altar call? Did you? Right, you can take that. Thank you, family. I want you, I want you to close your eyes. Now I want to make this known. I don't know you. I don't know your name. I don't know your life story. But I want to introduce to a person that does. I am but a man, a broken man. I cannot save you. Your senior pastors can't save you. Your pastors can't save you. But I want to introduce you to someone that can. I have spoken about him this entire hour. And family, I want to give you an opportunity. Right there you are. Right there where you are. Now, I'm not asking you to come forward. Uh, I'm not asking you to do anything like that. Right there where you are. I want to introduce you to the Son of God. The Lord Jesus Christ that has bled for you, that has died for you. And that He was raised on the third day to sit in the right hand of our Father. That He reigns till this very second. And He is the one that is calling you home. Now to those that has never, ever this opportunity, I want, to, I want to give you that opportunity. To those that, that feel that you have backslidden, that you feel that that, that sin has kept you, that you into to that place of repentance now, I want to give you that opportunity to, to give Jesus the praise and to make Him number one in your life. Family, right there where you are. Raise up, raise up your eye heaven. If you want to raise hands, you do that. Nobody's looking around. This is between you and the Father. If you've never gotten this opportunity, I want to make it very, very clear to you. It's very important. You are here for a reason. For those that want to read their lives, uh, you are here for a reason. To those that feel that your relationship has grown cold, you are here for a reason. Raise your eyes to heaven and pray with me. Pray this prayer with me, family. Our Father in heaven, Lord God, we want to thank you for your son, for his sacrifice on that cross. Lord God, I have repented of my sin and I want to make you number one 
in my life. Father God, from this moment onwards, I proclaim that the gospel has changed me, that I accept your Son, Lord and Savior, that sin has no hold on me anymore. You are everything to me. Father God, I will walk in your will, in your commandments, because I know that's how I show I love you. I make it known, Lord God, in front of everybody here and in front of the angels of heaven. I choose you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Give yourselves a hand, fam. Give yourselves a hand. We praise the Lord and what He has done for us. I'm going to give over to your senior pastor. Before you move down, pastor.